Hey, this is Alex Terranova, and this is the Dream Mason Podcast. We've been taught to behave, to fit in, to follow the rules, but Dream Masons reject conventional thought. Dream Masons are rebels. They take a chisel to the marble that is typical traditional life. They carve out brilliance and broadcast it to the world. Join me for another chapter as we unmask convention, embrace the rebels within us, and more deeply come to explore the complex and agitated edges of our existence. Now, before we get started, please don't be a rebel yet and grab your phone and hit that little button that says subscribe. Thank you. Because your dreams don't build themselves. What's up and welcome back to the Dream Mason podcast. I'm your host, Alex Terranova. I'm excited for today's show. Um, and I didn't even realize it until early this morning when I was like catching up and doing a little more research. And then I was like on the internet and I was looking at things and I had this thought and it hit me as I was researching our guest, but like learning more about him and um, and also just looking at like what's going on in the world and times. And I had this thought, you know, I was looking at my books on my shelf and people I follow. And I was like, man, I follow so many of the same people who are like the same and they're talking about the same things in their own ways. But it's like a lot of white male leadership experts, not a bad thing, just they're, they're similar, right? They're, they're all white men talking about leadership. And then I noticed, oh, I follow a, a bunch of like powerful, strong black women who are like leadership experts. And I was like, okay, there's, there's some difference there, right? That's clearly a difference. And I noticed that I had white and some Asian uh, women that again, like powerful, strong leadership experts, um, uh, thought leaders. And I was like, okay, there's some difference there. And, and then I, I had this moment where I was like, man, I don't know if I follow anybody that is Hispanic or Latin um, from South America, Central America in that leadership realm. And it just made me, it was, it was a funny coincidence. Cause then I realized, you know, that's who our guest is today. Uh, and I think, first of all, I think it's important that we like notice things like this because we talk about this on this show all the time. You can only see life from your perspective. So my perspective as white male, straight man growing up in Los Angeles, living in New York City a little bit now in San Diego, the world to me looks a specific way. It's not the right way. It's not the wrong way. It's not a bad way. It's not a good way. It's just the way that my eyes see the world because of the way I grew up, the people I interacted with and whatnot. And through doing this show, one of the coolest things about doing this show for the last three years and, and having interviewed almost 200 people at this point is getting to understand the way they see the world, right? Whether they're black, white, Asian, Hispanic, gay, straight, non-binary, they tell me their stories and you get to hear them and we get to experience like, oh, what it would be like to be in their shoes or what it's like for their community or their groups of people. And I know that I have grown exponentially as a human being because of that alone. Being able to understand other people's plights, other people's leadership styles, other people's communication styles, that has changed me in ways that like it's invaluable. You can't pay for that. You can go to any leadership training course anywhere and they can teach you all the things, but it's going to be from their perspective. But learning about people's lives and their experiences 
will radically change the way you see other humans. It will make you more empathetic. It'll make you be able to communicate and hang out and make friends of different groups and cultures. It'll make you more understanding, more accepting. Um, and I think it adds value. A lot of people are afraid of things they don't know or don't understand. But the way I view it is it's like, imagine if you had a really big house and there were all these rooms that you like never went into but you were like, oh, I can't go into them because I've never gone into them. And what if what's in there, I don't like it or it's scary or oh, I have to clean it up or there's something wrong with it. It's going to be a lot of work. I view it as with every room I open, it's more space. It's just more space. That's all it is. I can do whatever I want with that space. I can use it. I cannot use it. And that's how I've come to think about human beings is everyone I encounter that can teach me something, which I think every human can teach you something, whether they're homeless or successful or whatever color or shape they are, they can all teach you something because their experience is different, provides more space for me in my life to have my life grow and expand. So I'm going to leave you with that as, uh, as I introduce you to our guest today. Uh, he is not, he will not call himself Mr. South Florida, but I'm going to call him Mr. South Florida. When I was researching him and my team found him and they were excited about him and then I was doing my research, I was like, man, this guy is like a living legend. And, he, you know, he laughed when I when I said that to him before we started recording. And I don't mean legend like he's so famous that you're going to. But he his thoughts, his content, he he shows up in that style. Like you need to pay attention to him. You need to listen to him. Um, he is a businessman. He's a business coach. He's an entrepreneur. And again, he's a big deal in South Florida. I don't know South Florida, but if you're in South Florida and you're listening, you probably know him. He's originally from Nicaragua. He came to the United States when he was nine. I want to hear a little about this and that, that growth and that transformation that occurred because of that. Um, yeah, I'm just excited to have him. Uh, welcome to the Dream Mason podcast, Rocky Zapata. How are you? Good. How about yourself, Alex? Thank you for that wonderful, wonderful introduction. <laughs> I'm great. I'm. I like to ask people when they then when they get here, you know, and and we start. Sometimes when I talk about like that preamble, I want to know if they have any thoughts about that. Do you have? Is there anything you want to add that you want to contribute that you want to disagree with? Whatever you want to say. I, I think uh, your introduction was perfect, fair, and wonderful again. So, <laughs> do you? I, 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 do you, how do you feel about like, you know, do you notice anything when you're like, you know, as, a, as somebody who's a leadership expert, a leadership coach, how do you view like different groups, different cultures, different people's experiences? And how do you incorporate that into not only your life, but in the people you work with? Yeah, that's great because, you know, everybody sees life, Alex, um, in their perspective. I, I think you mentioned that a, a while ago and, and depending on, on your upbringing, depending on what actually surrounded you as you grew and, and, and the type of, you know, level of education, you can say, and when I mean education, I mean from your parents, right? Um, um, how tough they were on you. Like, I, you know, my mom was like a soldier to me. <laughs> so that's why I see certain things in certain perspective, because, I mean, she was like, I used to call her the karate mom, right? I mean, um, I couldn't do anything or, or, or move anywhere because my mom was on top of me. And I always say this to people. It's funny because, you know, I don't, I don't drink alcohol. Okay. I, I don't smoke. I've never done drugs in my life. Wow. Not, not because I'm a good Christian, right? <laughs> but, but because of my mom, because of that soldier um, upbringing momentum. I mean, when I tell you, Alex, every day of my life, I mean, every day, my mother was like zero drugs, zero alcohol, 
zero smoking. It was like every day, right? Every day. And you know what? I was so scared of my mom. I mean, I was so scared. I said, you know what? If I ever do any of these things and I go home, I'm literally going to die. <laughs> like, I'm, a, I'm a dead man. No it's or buts. Um, I'd rather go to hell than go home. And, you know, if I did something bad <laughs> that way. Um, so my upbringing was, was tough, right? My mom was like, extremely tough on me. So I think it's very important. Um, we see, you know, the perspective, you know, from everyone, everyone's lens. I mean, you know, some people didn't have parents around them, you know, more, some people, I, I've met people who had to, you know, raise themselves on their own, um, right? Some of them didn't have a father, like I didn't have a father, um, right? So it was just my my mother and I, it was just the two of us. So um, some people didn't have a father either. Some people didn't have a mother. So it's very important in leadership um, because at the end of the, at the end of the day, leadership is about loving people, right? You have to love people. I mean, you have to love um, the people you lead, and 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 part of loving the people you lead is you want to love them to you know so they can do better, so they can grow. And part of that is you definitely have to understand where they come from and what was their upbringing to be able to help them and take them to uh, that next level. So, so big, big, important uh, topic on that one. I love that. I've never heard somebody say leadership is about loving people. And it's- yeah, yes, you, you have to, because I mean, um, you know, I come, like you said, I come from Central America, Managua, Nicaragua. Um, and, and part of the leadership. And when, when I say the leadership over there, you know, I mean, the government, right. Um, part of the leadership uh, that I grew up in in the 80s, um, and I'm still a, a millennial, by the way, <laughs> right? Just in case, um, uh, the type of leadership that, that I grew up around um, as a young kid in, in, in the Central American um, country was a leadership um, based on a manipulation, you know, that manipulated people, um, the government um, to, do, uh, to do as they please. Um, not because they were after the well-being of, of, of the society as a whole or because they were loving people as a whole. You know, it was all about their own personal agenda, their own uh, personal interest. So at a young age, you know, when, when, when I learned about love and, and what leadership is about loving people and, and true love for people, um, then, then you really come to understand um, the leadership, you know, it's about that, you know, that wanting to grow and develop, you know, wanting to grow and develop people. And that comes with loving people. Um, you, you, can, you can do something you don't love. And, and you definitely got to love the people you lead. I love it. I love it. It's so great. The leadership is about loving people. I've never heard it. It makes total sense. Uh, I think I think about it like that, but I've never like phrased it like that. And I know, man, I'm thinking about two or three of my clients right now who care about their employees, right? They own companies. They care about their employees so much. I want to say half the conversations we have is how they can be better owners, better managers, better leaders. And um, it's not only important to them, it stresses them out when they're, when people leave, you know, it's not because they have to replace them. It's because they like, take people in like they're become their businesses are like their family. Right. Um, and I love how you just tied. You have to understand people to love them. I, I saw, I saw something yesterday that was like, we, we have no idea the plight or the problem someone else is going through the battle. Right. And even when we look at people and we're like, man, their life looks so good. Right. Yeah. On the outside, we don't know, you know what I found out somebody I've known for a really long time has a child who um, was born with down syndrome. And I had no idea. 
And like, I saw their life and I thought it was great. It's not to say that their life isn't great. Of course, they like love their daughter so much, but I was like, man, it, when I saw it, I was touched. Cause like, I didn't realize this was a battle they were fighting. Right. And, and I think that it's a, it's a great point that like, Hey, if we know people, when we know, when we start to understand what's happening in people's lives or what their experience is, it makes room for love. Right. Because all of a sudden you're like, Oh my God, I didn't know you were dealing with this thing or this experience. I was just relating to you as however I was relating to you. Right. From my own perception. It, it is. And, and, you know, as a, as a, as a business uh, owner myself, you know, one of the things I, I tell all my employees um, is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm focused and I will always be focused on your growth. And, and, and you know, to your, to your clients, you know, um, when, when, when somebody leaves, you know, I mean, ultimately, I tell my, my clients is, listen, if you're leaving for a better opportunity, uh, then maybe I, I cannot, you know, give it to you right this moment. Or, or maybe, you know, I already have certain, you know, positions in play now and, and maybe, you know, within the next year, you know, there's no, you know, opportunity for you to go one step up, but you find it somewhere else. By all means, you know, that's what growth is all about. And, and, and I celebrate that. And, um, and, and it's all about, you know, um, never burning a bridge, you know, and hey, you know, if you, if you found something better where you're going to, you know, keep growing, that's what it's all about. Because ultimately, as leaders and, and, and as, you know, business owners, uh, we need to understand that whoever comes into our life, for a certain, you know, season for us to lead, you know, it has a purpose and that purpose is for us to grow that person um, until they're ready for the next chapter in their own personal life. Um, and, and that's what it's all about. You know, that's definitely it's all about. It. And I always tell people, I mean, I have an eight-year-old daughter, Leilani. She's eight, but she thinks she's 28, right? <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know how that works, but, uh, but um, you know, with Leilani, you know, and I mean, I'm, I'm very straight with her. Um, but the point is, you know, you grow your kids, you know, I don't know if you have kids, Alex, but, you know, I grow my daughter uh, knowing that one day she's going to go to college and, and one day she's going to move on. Right. She's not, you know, she's not going to be with dad forever in the house, even though at eight years old, she still tells me that I'm going to be with you forever. You're the coolest guy ever. Right. <laughs> yeah. That'll definitely change. You know, you understand. You should, you should record that. You got to get that recorded. And then like, you know, it, you know, high school graduation, play it in front of embarrass her in front of all of her friends. You know what I mean? And, and I says, you know, she's eight and she's like, dad, you're the coolest dad ever, especially because I'm, I'm, I'm very involved in her school, you know, even like pre COVID now with COVID, obviously, you know, things have definitely um, drifted for a lot of us, but I mean, pre COVID, I used to, you know, be in her, in her school all the time, you know, pick up the garbage, you know, during lunch, you know, lunch, I do stuff. I don't do in my own business <laughs> because my daughter awesome. and, and, you know, some of the school staff would ask if I worked there, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, how long have you been working here? I'm like, no, I'm actually a parent. I'm a volunteer, by the way, you know? <laughs> um, so I grow my daughter understanding that, Hey, one day she's going to go to college. She's going to be a professional. And the point is that one day, she, you know, she grows more than me. And, and, and that's, you know, that's the real basic about loving people. You want them to really grow um, in their leadership. And, and, and those leaders out there and those business owners, you know, some of your people come to you and, and you know, uh, for some people, they'll be there for a season where, you know, you have to, you know, grow them to a certain extent. Some people stay longer. It's, it's just, you know, part of life. I want to look at how you learned about leadership because I like everything you're saying is is 
it's it's simple, but it's brilliant at the same time, right? It's like very anybody can do this, anybody can incorporate these things you're talking about. And I think it's not even like it's not like steps, it's it's loving people, connecting with people. But where did you learn about leadership? Um, so my leadership mentor is my mother. Um, so when so through fear, through, through her scaring you, you <laughs> her scaring you know, you know what, Alex? That was um love and fear you know, combined together because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you love people, but, but you also have to correct them, right? I mean, you, you can't see someone walking down a dead end, you know, there's a hundred foot cliff, they're going to fall and die and you're not, you know, tell them anything, you know, and part of loving people is correcting them because part of growth is correction, right? You got to be corrected when you grow. So my mother, Marta, okay, she has been my, 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 by all, my biggest leadership inspiration um, of all times. So when we grew up in Nicaragua, you know, as I told you, um, my belief system, you know, my belief system was was shaken because we didn't have much. I mean, uh, we were very poor. I, I don't know if you know, but Nicaragua was the second um, poorest nation in the Western Hemisphere behind Haiti. Um, so put it this way: we were so poor, poverty felt bad for us. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's how that's how bad we, were. we you know, that's how poor we yeah, were. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we came into a, 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 or I came into a place where my belief system was challenged. It was, it was the right moment, Alex, to say, you know what, um, I'm never going to do anything in life, you know, I'm just, this is just who I am and, and, and just settle for it. And my mom didn't allow that. And sometimes when we think leadership, Alex, we think about the masses. You know, in a stadium in front of thousands of thousands of people mm -hmm. or, you know, reaching millions and millions of people online, which all of that is great by all means. You know, it, it's super good. And and I think that's, you know, that's everyone's goal. Um, but I never like people to underestimate their leadership does not matter the size. You know what I mean? So my mom was not a leadership to the masses. OK, she was not leading stadiums. She was just leading one person. That was me. And her one job as a leader, okay, was to lead her son to develop a belief system that the surroundings, the environment um, at the moment said complete the opposite of, you know, of what the belief system we wanted to carry out. So I started developing leadership um, belief systems there. And then when we came um, to the United States, to the greatest country uh, known to mankind, um, it opened it opened my mind a lot, you know, from Nicaragua um, to the United States. You know, the United States is definitely the land of opportunity uh, for anyone and everyone. I mean, you know, take it from minority, myself, a Latino, Hispanic, who came here when I was nine, and this country opened the doors for me, and this country did for me what my home country um, it didn't do. Um, so when, when I came here, you know, this nation definitely opened my mind into what, you know, opportunity is, into what, you know, how to develop more my belief system. And I started learning leadership. Obviously, I had a huge, you know, huge setbacks, you know, like everybody has to go through. You, you, you can't grow, you know, unless you're, you're uh, falling once or twice. I, you know, I had a real estate business that went bad. You know, I had a couple businesses that definitely didn't end well. Um, so through that, I started growing, you know, I started growing, I started growing. Um, and, and the one thing, you know, Alex, the one thing that would motivate me um, when a business would go wrong is, hey, at least I have the money to invest, right? <laughs> I don't know how, how motivating that might be to a lot of people, but I'm like, hey, maybe, you know, it didn't go well, but I have the money to invest. So 
with that being said, and my mom being there, you know, it just it just grew my leadership. It grew my belief system. Um, you know, when before I started my businesses in the corporate world, you know, I grew in ranks quickly. Um, by 2013, um, before my 30s, I was leading seven states um, for a big for a big mechanical uh, contractor. Um, you know, in my 20s. Um, so I saw that, you know, I always carry leadership and I let people older than me, you know, I mean, I had 50 year olds, 60 year olds coming to me for advice. So it was, it was, it was, it became more natural and more natural and more natural, um, you know, carrying that path. But I definitely um, thank my mom for it. She definitely had um, a huge, a huge role to play in it. And then, you know, ultimately um, my savior, Jesus Christ, you know, um, when I gave my life to Jesus, you know, it just, my perspective in life also changed. And, and, and part of giving my life to Jesus, it opened up to me what it is really to love people unconditionally. It does not matter who they are, their skin color, how they look, pretty, ugly, white, black, Hispanic. Um, so my devotion to Christ definitely opened up that, you know, that love to loving everybody equally. Uh, it doesn't matter, you know, who they are. I hear so much about integrity and what you're saying like that the, when we were talking about leadership and what your mom talked to you about and taught you uh, on all levels and like how to behave and how to show up and who she was for you to me it just it really clarifies like leadership is integrity and I like to I like to say that integrity isn't about right or wrong or morals integrity is do your thoughts, your words, and your actions line up? Like, are they the same? If you say I'm a good dad, but you never spend time with your daughter, <laughs> then I would say, I wouldn't say Rocky's a bad guy. I would just say, hey, Rocky's out of integrity because he says he's a good dad, but he doesn't spend any time with his daughter. That Those things don't make sense. Um, I want to I wanna ask you, because I was looking you know, at your website and you, have a, and you have a course that's essentially all about leadership. What are like principles that you teach? Like what are like bullet point principles that you think good leaders have? So um, one of the huge um, thing um, for those that um, visit my website is um, one of the big things that we target or five of the big things I actually target uh, in my course. Uh, number one is a, a belief in, in, in yourself. Um, so I teach um, the people through my course how to believe in yourself. I find Alex uh, more than once where a lot of people don't get started in their dream or or their goal or an aspiration or something they would like to go after because they don't believe in themselves. I know a lot of people say, hey, yeah, why would probably. I start a podcast? No one's going to listen to me. Well, you know, well, no one is going to listen to you the first couple of episodes, no doubt about it, but <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but if you don't believe in yourself, you know, I mean, no one else is going to believe in yourself. People you know, who would like to start a business, but you know, what are people going to think? And, and part of believing in yourself is, you know, stop focusing on people's opinion uh, because when you tell yourself, what are people going to think? And then you tell yourself, I don't care what people say about me. It's like a contradiction, you know, because in reality, if you don't believe in yourself it's because you're worried about other people's perception of you. Um, so in the course one, I definitely teach people how to believe in themselves. Um, with that said, I teach people how to have a, how, how to have a passion um, for their for their purpose, how to have a passion for their assignment, um, because, you know, part of believing in yourself is having a passion for what you like to do. Um, you know, if mm -hmm. you don't if you don't definitely don't like to do something or don't have passion for what you've liked to do, 
I mean, it's definitely never gonna end well. Um, I get more in depth. Yeah, I, I get more in depth. Number three on loving people and what it, and what it means to love people in the leadership realm, right? Um, we we get into depth a lot with that. Um, the fourth thing I talk about um is the the willingness and 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 the capacity to walk alone. Um, a lot of people don't understand that in leadership, you're going to walk alone many, many times. And I think you know this yourself, right, Alex? I mean, you're going to walk alone a lot of times. Um, it's not always going to be um, roses, right? Sometimes there's going to be guns, <laughs> not always roses. Um, and, and, and some leaders and, and people who go after their purpose need to understand that, hey, um, some, sometimes you are going to walk alone. You know what I mean? It's not always going to be pretty. Sometimes it's going to be just you by yourself. Um, and then, you know, um, the last thing we teach is, and, and, and this boils down a lot into leadership, is true satisfaction in seeing other people succeed, right? Um, I think, you know, as leaders, you have to be happy. You have to feel contentment. You have to feel, you know, some sort inside when you see other people succeed, because that's what, you know, goes back to our third point. That's what love for people is all about. Right. Part of love for people is you like to see them succeed. And, and I'll go back to, you know, my daughter's example. You know, every time she gets a good grade, I'm happy. You know, I'm happy. She's my daughter. You know, she makes me take her to Benny Hanna all the time. Benny Hanna's a. Um, yeah. No. You know, Benny Hanna is right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I, kids I kids to, love Benny Hanna's. I say this to people and people are like, what's a Benny Hanna? <laughs> um, so yeah, I, it's the best for kids, right? When you grow up and then you go back to a Benny Hanna's, you go, why did I love this when I was a kid? <laughs> you know what? I don't want to go to Benny Hanna's anymore. I go because of my daughter. Um, and, 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 you know, when, when, when she gets good grades and she succeeds in, 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 in school, you know, I celebrate that. I'm truly, truly, genuinely happy for her. And I think in leadership all around, we have to be happy for the people that succeed. You know, we find way, way too many people that, you know, they, they, they're they too selfish, you know, too, too envious. And it's all about me, 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 me. Um, and then when other people succeed, we don't like it. And, and that's not what real leadership is about. Because if you love someone, you definitely have the best, um, their best interest, you know, at heart for them. I love those five. Believe You got to believe in yourself. You got to have passion for what you're up to. Uh, you got to love people. You got to be willing to be on your own and have to have to love watching other people succeed. When I, when you said that last one, I know when I started my own business, that was, that was probably the hardest one for me. Now I think they're all connected in some way, but you know, when I started my own business six years ago and I would see other coaches that I knew or that I got trained by and they would have success. It would make me so mad. I'd be like, cause it would be like, right. Why not? Like it was me projecting. Why not me? They don't deserve this. I'm better than them. And, um, that, that mindset or that belief was like strangling myself. Right. It was like, every time I did that, it was like putting my head in a bowl of water and drowning myself a little bit. Cause I get bitter. I get upset. I'm not focused on me. I'm taking myself away. I'm also not creating good friendships are empowering because who wants to hang around with somebody that they can't tell their wins to and celebrate with if they're just like basically pooping on, you know, somebody else's stuff. And the thing I think too, is like, I might've been good at pretending, but people can tell, right? Like they might, it might not be obvious, but people can tell when you're like genuinely happy for them. And people can also tell genuine happiness. Um, And that took me a really long time. That was a hard skill to build. I got my, my mom said to me the other day, she was like, you're so happy. 
And I was like, thanks. Thanks for like recognizing it. And she goes, but it's cool because it's not about the money. Like, yes, you're making more money than you ever made. But she goes, what I notice is you're happy because of the way that the money's coming in. It's coming in because your clients are killing it. And because their relationships are better, their friendships are better, their businesses are better, their leadership's better, and they're happy and it's bringing it back to you. And yes, money is the way we exchange value in our, in our world, but like nothing's different about my life because of money. I don't have boats. I don't go buy a mansion or like I, I, everything's basically exactly the same, but the happiness is from the learning how to love those people and love the things they did without making it about me. Right. If Rocky has tells me, if you tell me, Hey, I had the best year I ever had in my business. That doesn't have anything to do with me. That doesn't mean I had a bad year or you're better than me. And I think a lot of times that's what we hear. We interpret is like our, our friend tells us that they, you know, made all this money or something good happened. And we hear, oh, I'm not good enough, which comes back around to your first one, right? Believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. And, and you know, Alex, with that, um, I always tell people, you know, part of leadership and, and, and what you mentioned, you know, willing to uh, walk alone and certain things is we have to make uh, wise decisions on, on who surrounds us, uh, right? Because um, eventually, you know, um, our life will grow in the direction of, of our association. And, and I always, you know, try to, you know, hang out or, or be close. I'm, I'm not, you know, big on friends because I don't have a lot of time and, you know, friendship requires time. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't have much time, but, you know, you always choose friends that are, you know, better you know, faster and, and, and most definitely uh, bolder than you. And as you mentioned, and most importantly, you know, those friends that actually have, a, have an appetite um, for their growth and they have an appetite to see you grow as well. You know, friends that actually admire and respect you and, and that such admiration and respect must be reciprocal. You know, it has to go both ways um, for both um, friendships. And, you know, I have, I have, I'll tell you the truth, I only have five friends. <laughs> If they're good friends, it doesn't matter, right? I will take I'll take quality over quantity any day when it comes to well, you know what, Alex? We've been friends for over a decade. Yeah. Um, so it's solid friendship. And and you know what? I, I can see that when I succeed, they're they're truly happy. And and they tell me, you know, hey, you know, maybe you can do this next time and, and it'll go better. And I see it. And then, you know, they'll tell me, you know, hey, you know. All or nothing, you know, all or nothing. That's our little group saying, right? All or nothing. And and you can see when maybe, and, and they all own businesses, right? They're all, they're all business owners. So when one of us, you know, is doubting something, it was like, you know, go for it, all or nothing. So it's great having, you know, that circle of friendship. And and we don't hang out much, you know, we don't have, they don't have time either. Um, the most, you know, the most we hang out is, you know, either we play golf on Fridays, um, or, you know, maybe one of our kids is having a birthday party. That's about it. But everything else is, is you know, via WhatsApp. You know, you got to love your phone. You got to love WhatsApp, you know? <laughs> I want to I ask you a little bit about where I started this conversation around the, the conversation around, yeah, I don't know if I label it like race or ethnicity and where that plays into your experience and leadership, right? Because I think, and I don't know that this is true, right? It's just my experiences. I'm seeing a lot of certain types of people in the leadership space, right? Especially like a lot of white men, white women, black women. And I'm not seeing a lot, like there are others, right? I know there's, there's others of different groups, but I'm not seeing a lot. And 
I, like, as I shared at the beginning of this, like I haven't really seen a lot of Hispanic or Latin influence in that space. Um, what's your experience? Like, do you see more of that? Is there a place that like, are there people sh I should be paying attention to that I'm missing out on? Cause I don't know. Um, and, and is there, I think the second part of this question is what is it, what have you learned about like leadership or that because of your experience of life? Right. 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 Well, one of the things and, and why I've been successful at business, Alex, um, in the South Florida market is because, you know, I'm Latino. As you know, um, South Florida is known as the capital of Latin America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is known as the capital of Latin America. I mean, everyone's here. And, you know, I was in a, three years ago, I was in Texas at a, um, at a um, leadership uh, business conference and, and they had a panel and they were asking each entrepreneur, you know, what has been their success, you know, or, or, or more like, you know, what, what, what has helped them break that wall? right, of success. And, you know, people, you know, I used to eat, you know, mustard sandwich, you know, until I grew, you know. And when they came around me, I says, you know what? Mine hasn't been that dramatic of an experience. It's just I've been bilingual. And, and tell you the truth, being bilingual has opened up a business um, for me in the South Florida market, huge, because Many of my clients, they'll go for me just because, you know, I'm, I'm Latino and they want me to connect in Spanish with their people. You know, they want their people to be able to connect with someone that knows the culture, knows their language, knows where they come from. And that has been my huge success, you know, um, in, my, in, in my business um, and in my leadership. Um, so in the South Florida market, to the truth, I think it has been beneficial for me to be Latino. <laughs> Uh, because it opened up doors. I mean, even from my, you know, some of my competitors, they call me and they're like, man, how do you do it? I said, do it, learn Spanish, tell the truth. I mean, if you want the secret, dude, that's definitely the secret. Go, you know, go buy yourself a Rosetta Stone Spanish course or something. I don't, I mean, I don't have any other answer for you. Um, you know, so I think being, being Latino, it, it definitely has opened up huge doors in the South Florida market. Um, because like I told you, this is like, you know, the capital of Latin America. There's so many Latinos in South Florida. I mean, it, it's, it's huge. So um, that's how it, it has opened up. And you know what? There is other ones, um, you know, but, but not not as much in, like you say, not as much in the U.S. There is, there is some, you know, in, in Latin America. You know, there is some in Latin America that teach leadership and, and, and this kind of stuff. So. Um, but, yeah, I think being bilingual in, in this market has definitely um, uh compelled me to the next what level. You, what do you think, like when you look at, like you just said, you, so you interact and work with a lot of people that are Spanish speakers, like that's their, their native tongue, you know, like um, their, their first language. Um, what do you notice when you interact with them that's different about the way they view leadership? Well, if it's huge because what happens, uh, Alex, is that Unfortunately, in, in Latin America and in, in Central America, do a lot of Central American, um, the government stole from us, you know, the ability um, to have a belief system in ourselves. Um, you know, so a, a lot of, you know, I, I've had to tackle, um, tell you the truth, a lot of, you know, Latinos where, you know, they don't believe in themselves because unfortunately, we grew up in a culture, in a system um, where it just, it, it, that didn't exist, you know, it, it was just pretty much, you know, the government wanted to give you a plate of food, you know, and and and, and cut down on education um, just for you to, you know, keep, you know, following them and voting for them, no it's or buts. And, you know, it happens a lot in our countries. 
where you get a big government and it just feeds people and, and gives them a couple of things so people can, you know, vote for them. But in reality, it's not in, you know, it's not in the best interest. You know, hey, I want opportunity. You know, I want work. You know, I, I don't need you to give me a plate of food. I need you to create some work. You know, I need you to create some opportunities and I'll buy my own plate of food. You know, you understand what I'm saying? So that has been the big, the big, the big challenge um, with Latinos here. Um, and, and I understand them because I come from the same place. I come from the same, you know, system. Um, I was able to break out of it. The good thing, Alex, is, you know, Latinos are hardworking people. You know, they give it their all. You know, every, you know, businessman I, I come across, they're happy with the Latino people. You know, you, you tell, a, you know, you give a Latino your trust and he's going to, you know, he's going to be faithful to you 100% all the way. So we have that good trade, uh, phenomenal good trade in us. Um, it, it's all about breaking, you know, that mentality set. And, and, and the good thing to finalize this point is that at least we're starting to trickle down of that into the next generation, right? So, you know, they came in already at 30 years old, 40 years old. They came here to work, you know, to the land of opportunity, um, you know, better living. And now, you know, that, that new opportunity, you know, mentality is being, you know, poured down to their kids, their children. So, you know, it's definitely going to get, you know, that better sense of more hardworking um, intellectual Latinos moving forward. That's a great, I love the way, like the answer you gave is great. And I love it because again, from a perspective place, right? Like, Hey, growing up in Los Angeles, not just the United States, but Los Angeles, the way that the world was presented to me, especially in a good part of Los Angeles was like endless opportunity. Hey, just pick what you want to do again, as a white male, straight Los Angeles, middle-class, upper middle-class. It's like, Hey, just pick. And look, you might have to go to school. You might have to get an internship. It's not like you just get it handed to you, but it's a choice. And as long as you don't mess it up and you do what you need to do, you'll probably get it. And I'm obviously clear, like that's not everyone's experience, right? If you were, you know, if you grew up in a poor neighborhood or a different race, or maybe, you know, your sexuality identified was different, you had other obstacles. But when I, when I don't know that I've ever heard somebody like, you know, talk about the, that experience of, Hey, in these countries, the way we grew up is our government essentially brainwashed us to say, Hey, we got you. It sounds like good. Like it's almost like the drug dealer mentality, right? That, that we talk about in like America's, Hey, the drug dealer hooks you up for free, but then you're hooked on it. And now you're like essentially a subject to that. So the governments in, in the countries that you're referring to, it's, you're saying like, hey, they give you something. So that's like, they're taking care of you, right? They're taking care of their people, but it's like a backhanded taking care of. It's, it actually leaves them not believing in themselves, not thinking that they're capable, not thinking that they have options. And that for you, when you go and work with these communities, that seems like so powerful. Like, hey, I actually just have to teach people that that they they are able to create things themselves like that's the first step it is it is and 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 i mean i'm result driven and i always tell people let's just you know let's go down to results right um i mean let's look at these countries where are they you know most of them been third world countries for the last century uh, some of them like nicaragua where i'm from has dropped down to a fifth world country right i mean uh, some people didn't even know fifth world actually existed <laughs> right in the uh, in the content but it, it actually does um so and and you know what i'll tell you something alex i i get your experience as a white male right 
growing in LA. Hey, these are the opportunities. Go after them as long as you don't mess up. I can honestly tell you as a minority, as a Latino, I felt I had the same opportunities you did as a white male. Um, yeah. Growing up here, you know, I went to school. Like I told you, it came down to my mom's, you know, formation of me. You know, I, I remember when I was, you know, what my first job here was, Alex. I, you know, it's funny. Um, my first job here was selling tomatoes in the United States um, because I grew up in, in Miami Beach. And, and you know, we were, I told you we were very poor. It was my mom and I. And I wanted to help my mom out. I remember I was in, I was, I was, I was 14, 15. I was just um, entering high school. And I told my mom, mom, you know what? This guy is offering me a job. You know, they had like a little market sale on the weekends. I said, Saturday and Sundays, I can go work, sell tomatoes. He used to give me $40 from 5 a.m. to 7 p.m. Okay, <laughs> like 40 bucks. But obviously, 14 years old, $40, you know, $40 Saturday, $40 Sunday, 80 bucks. That gave me money to pay, you know, the light bill at the house. It gave me money to buy groceries and it still gave me money for Burger King after school. Right. So I had, I had plenty, trust me, plenty of money. And I told my mom, listen, I want to go work because I want to help you. And one of my, one of the things my mom said, listen, you can go do it, but at the moment your grades start coming down, you leave the job. You understand that? And it was the formation I had, you know? So I can honestly say as a minority, as a Latino, obviously I'm not, you know, everything, everything hasn't been roses. It's been tough. You know, I used to wake up, go to school Monday through Friday, do homework, go work, sell, you know, vegetables during the weekend. I, I've had my rough moments and my tough moments. But I can honestly say as a Latino minority, this country provided me the opportunities. And that's why I am where I am, because I took advantage of such opportunities. Yeah, I think. And it's cool because you had a mom who set you up for that, too. Right. Like for whatever reason, I don't you know, maybe, you know, it's like it sounds like your mom didn't believe the story that the the culture she was from told like or the government. Right. right. And you know, who knows why, right? I don't, you know, I, like she's just, you know, why do some people step out and break the barriers that everyone else seems like they can't? But I think it's both. I love that you say, hey, for you, it wasn't this way. And for other people, it is this way, right? It's not, it's the same conversation, right? It's not like we can't look at the world and go, well, because for me, it was like this, it should be like that for others. It's just not that way. But what right. I hear you doing is trying to make a difference, trying to give, people that grew up and didn't have the mom that you had that didn't see the possibility or the opportunities that you saw, you know, you're, uh, you're trying to create that for them, which is a pretty amazing thing. It is. And you know what, Alex, I tell people, listen, life is not easy. Okay. I mean, it's not easy for you. It's not easy for me. Right. Um, I'll get a lot of people tell me, well, you know, you're a businessman, you know, you seem, you got a good life, you know, because they see you with a, you know, with a nice house and a nice car and a nice boat. Obviously you have to have a boat in South Florida, by the way, <laughs> just tell you, you have to have one. And, and people think life is just wonderful. I says, you know, life is great, but you know, you still never, never stop working, right? You still never stop going after it. And, and, and the more you have, the, the hungrier you get. That's just, it is what it is, right? I mean, uh, contentment is, is probably our, our number one enemy. And so, you know, a part of growing up and, and the opportunities, yeah, my mom was tough on me, Alex. Um, you know, um, I don't know, you know, her upbringing, 
I know her mom was tough on her too. <laughs> and mind you, she's a family of 14. So it's a big family, no direct TV, no HBO, no Facebook back then, no podcast, nothing. You understand? So they had nothing to do other than make babies. Um, so was, she, she comes from a family of 14. And you know, she's the youngest one out of the 14. And she was the toughest one. And every time growing up, Alex, I was like, man, why do I get the toughest sister? You know, the toughest sibling out of all those siblings, you know, but you know what? She did a great job. And, and today, you know, I take care of my mom, you know, um, I take care of her, make sure she's taken care of, um, you know, um, everything she needs, you know, I'm, I'm definitely got to give back to her after she gave so much to me. She sounds like an incredible woman. Um, it's funny. I, you know, this is a thing I never said before on here. There's a lot of people that come on this show and when I ask them where they learn their leadership from or, you know, who they credit, so many people, whether they knew it when they were kids or not, right? Some of us, like when we're kids, our parents are a big pain in the butt. And then we grow up and we're like so grateful, right? And we realize, man, all that pain in the butt was like them trying to help us succeed and be better than their life was. And, but it's a common thing. It's a common theme. And it's, it's a theme that we can't reproduce, right? Because we can't make our parents go back in time and be better parents for us. But it is a lesson to people that listen that are parents or people that want to be parents to like, this is the power of the impact you have that you could be creating the next generation of leaders, the next generation of people that make a difference, the next generation of people that inspire people because of your parenting, because of the, the commitment you have, the discipline, the love it's not just about your kid being successful. Like your mom doing what she did for you is now changing the lives of other people. It's just so the, the, we don't know the ripples, right? The, like yeah, right. you have a boat. You said I was walking on the bay. I have, a, I live right by the bay in San Diego and there was one jet skier out on the bay, huge bay, one jet skier out at like 7 AM. And the water was the whole bay. The water was moving differently. And it just made me think like, this is life, right? It doesn't take, you don't have to have a, a, a massive ship coming through to make ripples. One jet skier changed the whole dynamic of the, the calm bay. Um, so your mom did that for you and, and so many of the people that come on here, it seems like their parents did that for them. Um, and, and Rocky, like, oh, go ahead. Leadership is influence. And just like you say, you know what, if, if parents would understand that, you know, they're, they're influencing the next generation, of leaders, the next generation of businessmen, um, just the next generation of people that are gonna go out and impact people. You know what I mean? And, and make people better as a whole and love people and, and love everybody as they are, you know? Um, love everybody as they are. Not everyone's the same, not everyone's equal, not everyone thinks um, the same, which is which what makes us great, right? What makes us human beings. Imagine if we all thought the same, said the same things. I mean, it would suck, right? <laughs> so <laughs> boring, yeah, it was so boring. It will be as boring as it gets. Um, so I think, you know, parenting is huge. That's why I told you I dedicate so much time in my daughter's school, you know, with her, because I know how much of an impact I want to make in her life, right? And I want her to say, you know, just like she says at eight years old, dad, you're the coolest dad. I want her to say the same thing at 30, right? And, and when she says cool, not because I, I only have one daughter and, and, and people always tell me, oh my gosh, she must be so spoiled. You know what, Alex? The last thing she is is spoiled. I mean, you know, she gets what she gets, you know, she already started, you know, she's there, she started doing the dishes now. Um, I got her doing some more, you know, so she does, you know, the lady. When does she have to start going to sell tomatoes? 
<laughs> well, she won't start there. So she won't start where I started. I'll tell you that much, right? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome though, right? Like you created it. So you get to, it's like the floor and the ceiling gets raised. So the next- The floor and the ceiling gets raised. So yeah, those parents out there, you know, I know, and, and listen, I know sometimes it's tough by all means, you know, it's not, parenting is not easy, which is this, that, for that reason, I'm only having one, Alex, because parenting is not easy. Uh, but if you do have a kid, listen, dedicate time. It's not, you know, even though we all love money, it's not always about the money. Okay. We definitely need money. You know, I'm a businessman. So trust me, I know money is important. Um, but, you know, when my daughter's eight, she's not looking at the money, you know, she's looking at the quality. She's looking at the time because they don't have sense of, of economy at that point. Even though she, you know, when she goes to school, she's like, dad, can I have money for a cookie? You know, I used to get 50 cents. She's asking for a hundred dollars. Yeah, well, so many, the, cookies, the cookies are better now. Uh, <laughs> How many cookies are you buying, you know, with $100? Uh, but yeah, mo most definitely. Rocky, I want to let people know where they can find you and learn more about you, whether they need, you know, leadership support in their life or with their businesses. Um, your website is Rocky, and I'm going to spell your last name for people. So it's R-O-C-K-Y and then Z-A-P-A-T-A dot org. And they can follow you on Instagram at Rocky Zapata and spelled the same way, Z-A-P-A-T-A. -A -A. Um, and you're also on Facebook. You're all the places. Hey, man, thanks for coming on here. Thanks for the influence that you have, the impact that you have. Um, thanks for the work you're doing with changing like, like cultural stories that are not helping people. You're not changing cultural stories for you. You're changing cultural stories for groups of people that maybe nobody else is. Maybe there's not a lot of other people doing it. Maybe no one's ever just done it before. But I think about the ripples and like the things you teach, you're teaching some people, including your daughter, are going to ripple down to the next generation and the next generation. And it just leaves. It's like, right, every generation, if we do our job, which some of us do and some of us don't, in an ideal world, we would leave the people after us better than we had it. Even if we have it great, how do we leave it even better for them? So thanks for being somebody who's up to that. And um, yeah, thanks for your time today. I appreciate you. Perfect. And you know what, Alex, thank you for the invitation. Um, thank you to you, your team, your viewers. Um, I'm very, you know, I'm very happy and grateful that you uh, took the time to invite me. Thank you very much. Everybody listening, who do you know? that needs some leadership tips. Maybe it's you, maybe it's your friends, maybe it's your family, maybe it's your coworkers. This might be that episode that you share with somebody that changes their life, makes a difference. Maybe it ripples to somebody they know, but who can you share this episode with that it will make a difference for? Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. And we will catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Honestly, I'm just a rebel who found a cause and has a dream. And I'm super grateful for your support. If you got anything from this, please help me out and share this podcast with one person today. You can find me at thedreammason.com or at inspirationalalex on Instagram. You are a dream mason because your dreams don't build themselves.